0: yep oh. that's good okay so can we come a bit closer <laughs> <laughs> so do
1: you know has Mr Myers told you why we're doing this
0: basically it's for an assessment at the end of the year isn't it
1: um it's for there's a um Vietnam War 50th 50 years I think it's 50 50 anniversary yeah Yeah. it's yeah. Um, yeah so it's um uh Commemoration thing run yeah. by like ANZAC, so we'll submit in. We're thinking about doing a website with information that you give us and external information as well, and then submit that about the Vietnam War. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, it's just a little good. extra thing. Yeah. Good good well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. A little <laughs> list of <laughs> questions not me but we will see how that goes see how you <laughs> go so yeah um just like as a broad overview of it what was your experience with the vietnam war and just in general how did you get into it how did you yeah?
0: okay i was a national serviceman i was called up in 1968 and did two years in the regu- well in the regular army and in 1969, I went to Vietnam yep. and I went over there. My job was as a, um, an infantry signaller. Now, infantry are the people that walk on the ground, right? And I had to keep communications with back at our, our base with all the other little groups and things. So that was my role there. Now, my experience there was um, sometimes good, sometimes bad. A lot of the bad stuff is gone. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can still bring back little bits, but uh, they're probably better to stay where they are. But the good bits were I made some very good friends, and I still have those friends. Yeah. Most of them. A lot of them have died away. But um, in my experience was we were there for a reason. And... uh, I think we achieved what we had to do when we were there. It was a very unpopular war, yeah. but the hardest part was coming home.
1: Yeah. Why was it the hardest part to come home?
0: Because we weren't welcome. Yeah. I was spat on when I got back from Vietnam, and my medals were ripped off me, smashed. So, that's the medal. <coughs> what they mean is that one is, says that I was on active service, so I was outside and I was a fighting person. That's the Australian-Vietnam Campaign Medal, says I was in Vietnam. That one is the Army Reserve Medal, says I did over 21 years in the Army Reserve. That's the Australian Defence Medal, the National Service Medal, and this one was issued by the Vietnamese government, the South Vietnamese government, yep. to all people. Now, you see it's got 1960, but there's no ending to it. Yep. And that's the significance of it. There's no ending date to it all. And that is probably the most important thing of the lot, is the infantry combat class. So when you're wearing the medals, that sits above them. And it says to everybody that you were in the infantry and you were up the front and done it. So that's what they were for. But they were ripped off, broken and smashed and I could do nothing about it. And that was the hard part. Mainly because we were told, we have been trained. And if I was to assault somebody, it's assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. So that was the hard part, coming back home. Um, All my friends that I had prior to going didn't have them when I got back. No one wanted to talk to me. My fiancée, she was all right, she wanted to talk to me. <laughs> and my family were probably the only ones. Yep. So we'd go to a party and someone, because everyone's got the long hair and so forth, and I've got this short hair and really good suntan, and i get into a fight. So yep. Rapist, child killer, well, all those sort of things. So. And that took a long time. We were not allowed to join the RSL when we got back. Because, well, I took my discharge papers to the RSL and said, you know, I want to join because my grandfather was in the military. My father was in the military. (coughs) Excuse me. And they said, well, come back when you fought a real war. Yeah. So it was difficult. And that's now gone behind us.
1: Um, I just have one. I, my memory hasn't been very good today. Um, so when you were in Vietnam, did you fight alongside, like, Americans and anyone else from... For a, yeah,
0: for a short time, we were with the Americans. Yeah. Um, when we first went to Vietnam, we were at a place called... Um, an Air Force base, anyway. Yeah. We are at an Air Force base, which is an American Air Force base. And then Australia said, well, we don't really like it here because the Americans fought a whole different war than we did. They fought it completely different. They had all the gunships, they had all the ammunition, they had the planes, they had full air control. And the way they conducted themselves wasn't the way we were trained to do it. So we moved away from them for quite a while. But we worked with the Americans for a little while. Well, I personally, for a little while, only for about six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. Very hard eight weeks.
1: Um, And what was... When you were sent over to Vietnam, were you guys told that reason why you were fighting or stationed where you were?
0: We were completely indoctrinated. Yeah. Um, When you go to... I didn't even know where Vietnam was.
1: Yeah.
0: When we got to um, Baka or where we did our training, um, they virtually de-civilianise you. Take all your clothes, with your civilian clothes, all you've got is your uniforms, everybody's got the same haircut, and then they go into it, why we are here, what's happening. The communist, the communist filtration thing. Um, They called it the domino principle because we're going to China, where China took over North Vietnam. And then North Vietnam, South Vietnam, that's what they were trying to do. If that was successful, then you had Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, Indonesia, Australia. And that was the domino principle coming down to us. And that's what we were told. So by day 10 or 12, we were convinced that these were the bad guys, and we were heroes. Yeah. Um, I don't quite feel the same way now. Yeah. I don't quite feel the same way. They were defending their country.
1: Yeah.
0: And we invaded their country, whether yeah. it was right or wrong. We invaded their country.
1: Yeah. Do you have any? Because I feel like I'm asking a lot of questions. You, you can you can continue. On. I can keep going. Thank yes. you. Um, do you know where you were
0: stationed? We were stationed. I was stationed at Nui Dap, which yeah. is the central point. It was a main um, um, task force base in the centre of our province. Yeah. And I was based there. Our logistics or our supplies came in on the South China Sea and they came into a place called Vang Tao, which yeah. is on the coast down the bottom, and then sh- transported up to us in the middle. Um, helicopters and things were always there, yeah, most of the you know, helicopters were like taxis. Yeah. You just move around in a helicopter it 's easier yeah
1: was there much movement from that area yeah yeah,
0: where people were coming in and out all the time, so as we would come in, another group would go out, yeah um, and yeah, they might go out this side, then another group would go out. And a lot of them had what they called Tactical Area of Responsibility patrols. So there was a patrol of maybe 10, 15 or more people patrolling right around our base 24 hours a day. Yeah. And then there was all the barbed wire, of course. And then they would be told there's someone going at the barbed wire there because they would see the tracks... Yeah. But 24 hours a day, we were being patrolled around. Yeah. Which gave you a nice fuzzy mm-hmm. feeling. You know, I don't <laughs> know, there's someone out there that's looking after you while you're asleep. Yeah. Because it's yeah. the only time you could relax is when you were back inside that wire.
1: Yeah. And um, as far as, like, the battlefields or when you were in combat, what was that experience like?
0: Very quick. We would be patrolling along and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose yeah. because um, they were very, very good at um, uh, guerrilla warfare. So they would come in, hit you and then they'd disappear, disappear because they had tunnels under the ground yeah. and they would go back down the tunnels <coughs> disappear. So the actual battles were very quick. So they would come out, go a couple of shots and then they would drop down and go. And then they'd pop up somewhere else and have another couple shots. So you had to be on your toes all the time. There was no rest once you were out there. You know, you hear a twig twig snap. And um, I hold the record for shooting uh, two buffaloes. (laughs) They moved.
1: (laughs) Were there any, um, along with buffaloes, was there any animals involved in like infantry?
0: We had dogs, we had tracker dogs, yeah. and that was a separate group had tracker dogs. So these dogs would come in and they would go down into the tunnels and into the uh, little areas that we couldn't get into yeah. and just sniff these, these guys out. Mostly they were um, villagers just hiding from us, yeah. but sometimes we hit the jackpot and got the North Vietnamese soldiers that were hiding and waiting for us yeah. because of the dogs. But there was also a lot of tigers around there too, and we had um, a couple of incidents, and one in particular where the guy lying beside me, and when I say beside him, would be over against that wall, woke up one morning and there's tiger prints inside side of him. Oh my a tiger God. had been standing over him <laughs> through the night. Um, yeah, one of the things about
1: <laughs> that. would have been a bit scary to wake up and see
0: that. Well, it's probably better he stayed asleep.
1: Yeah. Um, And how different was the experience with
0: South Vietnamese and North Vietnamese? The South Vietnamese, I currently work with a lot of the Vietnamese in Australia. And they are such wonderful people because they are so appreciative of Australia looking after them when they needed to. Um, And because of this sort of stuff that we were there and helped them, they are so appreciative. I actually met up with somebody who was in the same battle as I was. Yep. But he was on the other side. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Right?
0: And we don't know, we just think it was the same battle, it was the same area. And we had the same memories of, of a hill, big bushes and a river and things, so we all had the same memories. So we probably ascertaining we were in the same battle. But what they would do, they would cut all the vegetation from the ground up to about your knees and just cut it all down so that you lay down and you could see everything. You stand up and you're in the jungle. When you got down, I was, oh dear, what's happening here? And you could see these people moving. So uh, that was a bit scary. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit scary all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a good question. Yeah, you very quiet. So when I yes. said I was a, a uh, signaller... So that's me as a signaler. <coughs> so we've got the radio there and I'd have to keep communications yeah. with everybody. And you can see I've got two rifles, so I wasn't yes. looking around. Yeah. <laughs> That wasn't mine, actually. This was mine. Yeah. So, you didn't have a lot of time. You were concentrating all the time. And once you got back into camp, they probably gave you three or four days. um, Rest and convalescence, they called it. So you would go down to Vontau, which is a large city, and you'd just have three days' leave, three days off drink a lot of beer, <laughs> sleep a little bit, drink some more beer.
1: So when you were um, not on break, what did a normal day look like for you?
0: Normal day back in camp was basically keeping the area reasonably clean mm-hmm. because we've got ammunition everywhere. And it was very important to keep that ammunition in a certain spot, because um, I'd come in and have all these the ammunition just put it on my bed. But then the next day i'd have to make sure that all that ammunition was accounted for my ammunition and put it into a certain spot yeah. um, because we did have one incident where uh, a guy was coming home and we were in the bush he was coming home and he came back to camp three days early to pack all his gear so once he'd packed it they said okay just r- rake up around the area and make it tidy And with the rake, he'd pulled the pin on a hand grenade that had been lying around. So uh, that warned everybody, and we had to just make sure that everything was was put aside. Had to clean your weapons, make sure they were spotlessly clean all the time and ready to use it at instant notice. Yeah. And you never, ever let it out of your hand.
1: Yeah.
0: Not for even when when you're eating, it's sitting across your lap or beside you so yeah and that was basically the thing and also being a signaler i was on duty in the command post talking to the people who were out
1: yeah
0: outside now other people who might have been machine gunners they were learning different skills and working together and working as a team but with me it was sort of i was in the command post at least for a couple of hours a day yeah every day Night. Yeah. You know, and if, if something happened while you're there, then you stay there till it's finished. Yeah. I did 25 hours one night mm. because something had happened out in the bush and the commanding officer came down and he and I spent 25 hours. Big night. <laughs> what you
1: yeah. um, mm-hmm. Have you been back to
0: Vietnam?
1: Several since? times,
0: yeah. I've been back several times. Um, quite like the place. The first time I went back, I didn't want to get off the aircraft because we came into the airport, Donsonud airport and as we were taxiing up I seen big concrete bunkers with um, Russian MiG fighters in them. Yeah. And I thought I don't want to get off here. <laughs> so finally I got off and turned the corner, it was a whole brand new um, airport and people there and yeah. it was fine. <coughs> <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, so then I was fine. I've been back about five times.
1: Yeah, and has it changed like any of your thoughts from returning the first time? Uh, yeah,
0: these people, as I said,